Take your Bibles and turn to Exodus chapter 2. Exodus chapter 2, and then, which we just read, and then also go over to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Today is Mother's Day. I don't typically, if I'm going through a, uh, a book of the Bible, like we're going through the book of Ephesians right now, I don't typically uh, skip from that. However, I'm married and I've got a wife and I want to survive the day. <laughs> I'm only kidding, uh, kind of. Um, she's not in here, so shh, don't tell her I said that. Oh, it's recorded and it plays in the nursery too. Uh, but uh, I, I did. I do want to say this. I am thankful for our mothers, um, uh, for my mother, and for the mother that my wife is. And honestly, I'm thankful for all of our mothers. Uh, they do deserve to be honored and uh, lifted up. Um, we wouldn't be anywhere without them. When God created created man, He saw that man was hopeless. He saw that man was helpless, and He gave man a help meet. Now, it doesn't mean that man. The, the men are stupid. I'm not trying to put down masculinity or men. It's good to be manly men. Amen? Amen. There we go. And all men, and all men said, ho, 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 ho. That shows how old I am. <laughs> oh, goodness. But, uh, but uh, it's uh, every good man has a good woman behind him. I'm thankful for the wife that I have, and, and just I've been so blessed. I tell you, if I had, I don't know what my best would have been like, but I'm certainly glad I got God's best, amen, and I'm thankful for what uh, my wife has been in my life, how, how much of a blessing she has been, and how God has used her to minister uh, here at our church, but also used her in being the mother to our children, and uh, just, uh, I, I, she would tell you that she's a failure, and I can tell you firsthand that she is not. And I, 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 she's humble in that, and I, but I'm thankful for her. I'm also thankful for my mom, who's also here, and uh, just uh, the blessing that she has been. And, and there were attributes in her life that I was able to see that I wanted to see in my wife. And, uh, and, I, and I see those, I see some of those, and I'm, I'm thankful for, for who she is. She's not perfect, and, uh, and she used to have a, 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 a temper uh, that would light a place on fire. Uh, but uh, that was when I was really little, and God has blessed and worked in her. And, and just like he does, no, don't, no, you all got your problems. None of us are perfect. But I'm thankful for my mom, and I'm thankful for what God has done in her life and how uh, she faithfully served us as children and took care of us and taught us and, and raised us. And uh, all, all three of us are, are in the ministry in some way or fashion. And I say all three of us, my, my, two, my brother and my sister. I'm thankful for that. Uh, it, it takes something special from the Lord to be able to to, to do that, and I, I, I'm just so grateful uh, for her. Today we're going to be looking at. Uh, by the way, before I go any farther, if if you're if you're a a mother or a, of a motherly influence, you don't have to have necessarily have born a child uh, to uh, have had a motherly influence upon somebody. So if you're today, we have something special for you in the back. We'll pick it up. We'll have somebody give it, give it out here at the end of the service. Uh, but, uh, but we want to make sure that we honor you and that we give you something special. My wife put all that together back there. I'll be honest, I don't even know what's in it. But my wife planned it, so it's got to be good. And I'm sure there's chocolate involved. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just assuming. I just I know my wife. Uh, but uh, but there's, some, there's bags back there for you in, in the back uh, for our ladies. So. Uh, what a what a good God we serve. Hebrews chapter eleven. We're going to go ahead and read this uh, this passage here, and then we're going to look um, at uh, at the mother of Moses. Hebrews chapter eleven. We're going to read verses twenty three down through twenty seven. Verse twenty three says, "By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents." Because they saw he was a proper child, and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, 
esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Let's go ahead and pray. Father God, I thank you, Lord, uh, for what faith can do. Lord, it is our faith that saves us. Well, Lord, that, that faith is, is something that's given to us. Lord, I, I pray, Lord, that through your word that you might spark uh, and help grow our faith today in you, whether, whether husbands or wives, fathers or mothers, Lord, or even children. God, may, may we see the truth of your word here today and see how faithful you are to your people. God, may that help our faith to grow. We ask, Lord, that you would give me the power to preach. God, you know that I do not have the, the ability or talent within myself. Uh, Lord, I'm asking for you to do a, 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 a miraculous work here, Lord, to, to imprint these truths upon our hearts, give us understanding uh, of the no, uh, and knowledge of your word, Lord, and, and Lord, help us to submit to those things. God, I, I thank you so much for all that you've done for us. Help us now. Done with your spirit. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I, on Mother's Days in the past, I have preached upon Hannah. Hannah was probably, I think, the first uh, mother that I've ever preached on uh, for Mother's Day. Uh, sp meant specifically something important to me, me and my wife because she went through a difficult time, like my wife and I did, uh, about having a child. And, and in the end, she prayed for a son, and, and God blessed and took care of her. And Hannah was a woman who prayed. And listen, I, what, a, what a blessed characteristic to have in a mother. Listen, it's not just a characteristic that a mom should have, though uh, every mom should have that characteristic. A characteristic should be the, uh, a characteristic that every child of God should have. And the truth is, as we look at these as we look at the characteristics today that we're going to look at uh, in in Moses's uh, mother, uh, it's it's a characteristic that every person, every child of God, must have. In fact, absolutely must have, or you can't please God. So Hannah, Hannah had faith, or Hannah had Hannah prayed, and we talked about it. I believe it was last year, the year before. Uh, we talked about. Uh, Timothy's mother, and how she taught him, and 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 there was good great instruction there. She taught him in the faith, and and taught him the scriptures, and it was through the scriptures that, that he came to faith in Jesus Christ. And we've talked about how important it is to to teach uh, those things, and the and it's uh, to teach the truth of the word of God to our children. And, and again, that's something that every parent should do with a child. And in fact, I, I don't believe that 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 uh, Timothy's mother didn't pray. I believe she did pray. Uh, I don't believe that she didn't have faith like we're going to talk about Jochebed. Uh, I believe she did have faith. She had to have faith or she wouldn't have been saved. Uh, uh, but I, be I believe all of these mothers had all of these characteristics, but God is using the circumstances in each, one, in each one of their lives to show us specific characteristics that are good for mothers to have. Mothers should be mothers who pray. Uh, mothers should be those who instruct their children in the way of the things of God. And, and, and fathers are to be that way too, but today's Mother's Day. And, we're, and, and I want to speak to, but I want to speak to all of us. Uh, so we're, today we're looking in Exodus, we're looking in Hebrews, uh, and, and looking at the mother of Moses. Does anybody know her name? It's only mentioned twice in Scripture. What's that? Jochebed. That's right. Uh, we find it in Exodus chapter 6, verse 20. Uh, it's only mentioned twice. It's mentioned in Numbers, and it's mentioned in Exodus uh, chapter 6, uh, both in, 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 in uh, genealogy, uh, saying she was the, the, the wife of Amran, uh, the daughter of a Levite, and the mother of Moses and Aaron and, and Miriam. And so, so, and so we know who she was. We have a name, but here we see in Exodus chapter one or chapter two uh, this, this story that we've already read. Uh, this this story of the birth of Moses. Uh, but but before we can really get to understand this characteristic that God is trying to point out to us, uh, we need to understand the the affliction that she faced. Uh, uh, the affliction that she faced. You have to remember that uh, that that, that Jochebed was born uh, in Egypt. She wasn't born in Israel. This isn't a, a time and place when Israel had uh, had their, their their own country. They were they were at this point in time in in uh, in 
in, uh, within slavery. They were they were in Egypt. They'd been enslaved there for for many many years. She didn't. She wasn't born free and made a slave. She was born in Egypt at the time when the people of uh, of the Israelites who were living in in Egypt at the time because of the the famine, uh, the numbers had begun to grow more and more and more. And, and if you remember, they were invited there. Joseph was there. He was the right hand of Pharaoh. He, was, he had power and, and, and was able to bring in his brothers and give them good land. And They weren't, they weren't always slaves there in Egypt. But as the, their numbers increased and as the, uh, the, uh, and the new king came along, he said, listen, there are a lot of these guys around here. And it could be that we have an army that comes up against us. We can see this in verse 1. It says, it says in verse, uh, verse uh, 6, And Joseph died, and all his brethren, and all that generation. And the children of Israel were fruitful and increased. In the verse, this is verse 7 of chapter 1 in Exodus. And the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceeding mighty. And the land was filled with them. Now there arose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. And he said unto his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come on, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply. And it come to pass that when there falleth out any war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us, and so get them up out of the land. Therefore they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens. And they built the pharaohs, tre- for, for Pharaoh treasure cities, Pithom and Ramses, but the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew, and they were grieved because of the children of Israel. So what's going on here? He says, listen, there's too many of them. Uh, we need to do something to, 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 to stop this. Uh, and they begin to afflict them. They, they enslave them. They put over them taskmasters, taskmasters who, who caused them to build cities. Do you, have you ever done any study on how they used to build those cities with the slaves? Uh, they, would, they would force them to go in and, and do this, uh, this terrible hard labor and the making of bricks and the building of of these structures it was it was difficult and many jews died in the process of all that Uh, they didn't have osha back then right Uh, they didn't have rules and regulations Uh, they were beaten into doing those things but the more they afflicted them and the more of them that died god blessed them more and more the number didn't go down the number went up and the king scratched his head and says, listen, we've got to do something else. They made the afflictions harder upon them, but then on top of that, they added to it. It says in verse 13, and the children made the, the children of Israel serve with, with rigor, meaning harder. And they made their lives bitter with hard bondage and mortar and in brick and in all manner of service in the field. And all the service wherein they made them serve was with rigor. They worked hard, and they, they, they would beat them if they weren't working hard enough. It was, uh, it was terrible slave labor. And the king of Egypt spake to the Hebrews' midwives. Of the one's name was Shipra, the name of the other, Pua. And he said, what, when you do the office of midwife, to the Hebrew women, you see them upon their stools. If it be a son, then you shall kill him. But if it be a daughter, she shall live. So the king got in his mind and says, listen, what we're going to do is I want to intimidate these midwives. And we're going to tell them when, when you go in to deliver these, these children, uh, uh, if you see that it's a, uh, then, uh, that it's a, a girl, a, a, a girl child, a female child, then you let that child live. But if it's a male, because they were afraid of the rise of the men, uh, the number of men, because that would cause the stronger, able to fight the part of the war. If you see that it's a male child, I want you to kill it. Terrible instructions. But those were the, those were the, that was the command of the king. Now, thankfully, if we would read the next few verses, we'd find that, that they did not do that, that they feared the Lord because they were Hebrew midwives. Uh, they, they knew that, that God honored life, and that life, they knew that life began at conception. They knew that, 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 that it was wrong to kill those children as they were born, that those, that those babies were, were life, and that they were to be given life and given a chance. And I, I, I'm so thankful that they said no in that, in that uh, time. And the king came back later and says, listen, why isn't this happening? And they, they made this excuse. Well, the women are just lively. Meaning, uh, they, when it's time to give birth, 
They're popping those babies out before we ever get there, and then it's too late. So what's the king's answer? To make a decree that every child that is born, and this is that every slave woman would have to follow, that if they had a son, that they were to take that child and sacrifice that child uh, into the river, the Nile River. They, they had a, 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 a god that was there uh, that uh, they believed lived in the Nile River, and they, and they, would, they would perform uh, ch- uh, child sacrifices that way. And every Hebrew woman was to sacrifice her son in that way if, if it was born a son. What a terrible time. What a, what a terrible time to, to, to find out that you're pregnant. <laughs> and the, can you imagine the, the fear and the wonder and the, 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 just the, the struggle going on in the heart? None of those women wanted to sacrifice their kids, but you know what would happen if they didn't? The, mil- the, the, the soldiers would come in and they would rip the child from your arms. And, and, and on top of that, not only would they rip the child from their arms, they might kill your other children. They might just kill your whole family. Because you broke the law. This is a, a decree from the king. You don't know what would the, the response be. Now, I don't know how many Hebrew women threw, in their, chil- threw their children in. I, I, I don't know, the Bible doesn't record if that, what took place. Uh, but here you have this, this woman who's, uh, who's been married. We see her in verse 1. It says, And there went a man of the house of Levi and took to wife a, a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son. She lived in a difficult time. It was a, a time of great affliction. And it was going to cause her to have to make a choice. A choice that could cost her her life. It cost her the life of her daughter, who was born first, by the way. Miriam is older, so is Aaron. Uh, Aaron was born before this took place. We don't see that here, but, it, but he was. He was, also, he was Moses' older brother. So what are they going to do? Well, look with me, if you would, over to Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7, Stephen is preaching. And he talks about the story of Moses here in Acts. Acts chapter 7, verse, look with me if you would, to verse 17 to 20. But when the time of the promise drew nigh, which God had sworn to Abraham, the people grew and multiplied in Egypt. Till another king arose, which knew not Joseph, the same dealt subtly with, the, with our own kindred, evil and treated our fathers, so that they cast out their young children. They caused them to, to cast out their young children to the end that they might not live. In the which time Moses was born, and was exceeding fair, and nourished up in his father's house three months. Here in a time when other Hebrew women were, were casting their children uh, into, the, into the river, you think that's just impossible. Why would somebody do that? Listen, we live in, a, we live in the same kind of time today. A, a time when, when, while it may not be because there's a, a command from the government to, to, to kill your children, uh, uh, it is legal to kill your unborn children. We're talking about abortion, folks. And as sad as, this, as sad as it is to say that we're, as we stand in a church, there, there are people who claim the name of Christ who will, who will say, well, it's my body, my choice. I can't make that choice for somebody else. And listen, while, while you cannot legally go and grab them and drag them out of the, the clinic, while you cannot bar them from going in and doing something so heinous and terrible as, as, as killing their children, I, I certainly hope that in your heart you're not going to justify it. But we live in a day and age when they do. Did you know that three-quarters of the, of the abortions that take place today uh, are done because it would interfere with their, their school their, 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 or their education or their career? So they're sacrificing their children at the altar of their future, hoping that, hey, listen, I might go farther, I might accomplish more because I don't have to drag along this child. 
They try to say justify by saying, well, it's, it's, it's just a fetus. Fetus is a Latin word for baby. They change the, they change the language so that, we, that we're more comfortable with it. It broke my heart to find out that we had one of these places here in Augusta. I know they're all over the place, but I didn't know that we had one here in Augusta. I came across it, uh, I, 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 I just accidentally drive, driving down, came to a dead, dead end and, 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 and turned around. I, I realized what the place was. Millions of children have been aborted since Roe versus Wade. Uh, those are children that have lost their lives. Uh, the, the, the vast majority of those children lost their lives because of somebody else's future. Yet they were never given a chance to have their own. Abortion is, is wickedness, it is sinfulness, it, it should never be a choice. It's, and you, you, what you'll hear from the other side is, well, well, what about for rape or for incest or for something like that? I am not God, I am not their judge, and they're not the perpetrator, they're a victim in this. And by the way, that is absolutely like the, it's like one or point one percent of the of the abortions that take place are because of those types of things. Well, what if it's medically necessary? It's never medically necessary. Having worked in the medical field, it is never medically necessary to have an abortion. They'll, they'll say, "Well, ectopic pregnancies—that's not an abortion because that what, what that's called is a miscarriage. An ectopic pregnancy is when is is when." A, a, the, 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 uh, the child uh, attaches itself not in the womb, which is normal, but along the, uh, or the uterine, which is normal, the uterine wall, which is normal, but uh, in the fallopian tubes. The fallopian tubes are small, and eventually they'll rupture as the baby grows, and that baby would die. Now it's dangerous to the mother, which is, which is why uh, why they say it's uh, why why they they uh, uh, say that you should then uh, have some type of procedure performed, which well the baby's never going to survive. So so it's, it's it is not the same thing. It, it, so we we need to get those things out of our mind and get those and understand that there is power in life. And in the midst of this, this, this world of death that we live in, this, this culture of death and this justification of death, we need to be able to stand up and say, that is wrong. And it's sinful. And listen, not just with our votes as we silently sit back as Christians. And listen, we need to stand up. I'm not saying to denounce these, these young girls. They're going through a difficult time. Sometimes it's young girls, sometimes it's older, older, older folks. But, but, but listen, we need to, in love, reach out and minister to them in whatever ways that we can. But we might save a few. What I find here is that, that this mother in this culture of death made a choice for life. She chose life over death. While others who, while others who, who, who were giving in to the command of, uh, of Pharaoh, uh, others, other mothers were casting their children into the, the Nile River to be eaten by the crocodiles, to be sacrificed to this God. She said no. Now notice, go back to Exodus, uh, Exodus chapter uh, 2 real quick. I want you to notice what it, what it says here. Verse 2, it says, And the woman conceived and bare a son, and when she saw him, that he was a goodly child. The, the Hebrew word there means he was good-natured, not just good to look at. Uh, uh, while I'm sure Moses was handsome, and I'm sure he had fine features and all those things. In fact, uh, uh, I'm sure he was, uh, that was true, because uh, every baby is pretty, right? Okay, not every child is pretty to look at. But, but he was good-natured. It means he didn't cry a whole lot. Meaning, meaning she had this baby and, and, and he was just a good kid. Now, have, have any of you ever had a, a good-natured baby? Some of, one of our children was good-natured. I'm not going to name names or, or I don't want to embarrass my kids. Or, or One of my children was good-natured. And then I have another child who was not good-natured. Now, now that particular said child cried all the time. You cried literally all the time. Not just when he was hungry, 
Well, there's one out of three that you, that's taking it out of there. Not just when he was hungry, not just when he was dirty, not just not just when uh, when he wanted something. Just I don't. We we never figured it out. I think he just I think he just had a bad attitude. He's a he was a baby with a tood, and he was not a happy one. I, I can remember I, I would go to work. I worked nights, and it, it, he would try all day long, and, and I tried to sleep through the day or get some kind of nap, and never could because, well, he's in the house, and he's crying. Look, if you went outside, you could hear him crying from outside. I, I, I'm like, well, honey, it's time to go to work. See you later. I'd leave for work 45 minutes early just so I could get out of the, ah, I need some space. And then those nights that I had to stay home, I got stuck with him. And I can rock it and try. That was not Moses. Moses was a happy little baby. Didn't make any noise. Smile. Lovingly up in Jochebed. She says, I can hide him. And they'll never know. Because the first day went by, she didn't want to throw him in there. And she was praying to God, saying, God, please. Give my baby a chance. Just give him a chance, Lord. I, I just want, I, I, I want to have an opportunity with him. I don't want him to come in here and kill my family, but God, please. One day, two days, three days, a week, two weeks, three weeks. Quiet, never, didn't cry, just happy baby. She kept him fed. She kept him changed. She, she was able to hide him from the neighbors because who knows who would tell on her because you don't know what's going on. And, and it wasn't just hiding him from the soldiers, but hiding him from, from everybody. And she, there she is. And, 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 but it finally gets to the point, three months, where he starts to get a little bit fussy and uh, maybe something's changing and, and she's not able to, 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 take, to deal with it anymore. Can you imagine the fear in her heart? This child that she's hidden. Now if they find out, they'd be in big trouble. But by faith in God, she chose life. And the affliction that they found. She made a choice to hide him for three months. But in the end, she did put him in that river. Because she couldn't hide him anymore. And she knew that if he was found, that he'd, kill, that he'd be killed. And who knows what happened to the rest of the family. So she had to make another choice. The Bible tells us, Verse 3, when she could not longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child that her in and there laid it in the flags by the, notice where he's at, the river's brink. So things about this is interesting to me. One, she put him right where they'd always told her to put him. The command was to, to put him in the river, and she did. So she did what she was supposed to do, but she did it in a different way. Now, wh- why did she do it in this particular way? I believe she was praying and asking God to protect her baby. Now, there are a couple different things. One, she, she put him in this, this, this ark or this little uh, basket of bulrushes. Uh, it's a, it's a, 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 a basket that's been woven together, and she daubed it with slime to, and pitch to keep the water out of it so it would be a, a, a safe place for the child while he was in the river. Uh, she didn't want a crocodile come along and eat him. She didn't want him just to float away, but uh, she uh, 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 be swallowed up in some rapids or something. Uh, so so she, she brought him down, and she put him in the flags, she put him at the brink of the river. She didn't set him out. Now listen, this is, this is the story that, I, and I'm not saying some teacher taught me this, but this was what was always in my mind, and maybe it's been in your mind, that she just kind of walked down to the river's edge and, and let him go. So, okay, Lord, you're in control of him now, and that would take faith. <laughs> that would take a lot of faith, but I, uh, that's not what she did. She, she went in, and she put him in the, it, it, where the bulrushes were. The water was still. There wasn't a whole lot of movement in this water, and, and she, she just kind of put him there on the edge, but it was a specific place. 
because this is where the, 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 the Pharaoh's daughter would come down and, 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 and bathe herself. This, this was a place where an Egyptian was going to find her. She was trusting God. Listen, you say, that's not faith. Yes, that, that, do you know how much faith it takes to, to, to take your child and, and to put it in a place where you know it's going to be found by the, by the daughter of the man who commanded him to die? It's faith. She was trusting in the promises of God. She was trusting in, in, in the faithfulness of God because God had, had, had always kept his promises. And, and here, by faith, she places him down, and, and God rewards her. Uh, and we see what, we see what happens uh, when Jacobed does that. I do want to mention this. They trusted God even though they probably didn't understand his plan. God was always going to use Moses. In the book of Acts, it says that, that he was, uh, uh, the, the word that describing Moses was, was this. Verse, verse 20 says, in which time Moses was born and was exceeding fair. Now, uh, you would, might think that that means he was pretty to look at. But as we talked about earlier, he was goodly. But what that means is he was favored by God. Did you know God always planned on using Moses? He's, he, he is a sovereign God. He, uh, he wasn't surprised by any of this. He wasn't surprised that the Egyptians were in, were, were, were in uh, uh, slavery or enslaved in Egypt. He told Abraham it was going to happen years ago. Before, it ever, before Abraham ever had a son, he told them that, that this was going to happen to, to his descendants, to his people, and that after 400 years, he would deliver them. And guess what? It's time. It's time, and, and so, so he, he, God's plan was to use this child. God's plan was to, 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 to take him as a child and to raise him up and to use him to deliver the people of Israel from the slavery that they're in. And, and, and she, by faith, trusted him. Sometimes acting in faith just seems foolish, though. Think about it. Now, I don't know. I don't know what kind of discussions that Jacobed and Amram or Amram or Amram or however his name is pronounced. That's her husband. I'm sure they were in agreement over this. Uh, we're talking about mothers today, but but uh, I'm sure he had his hand in all of this and uh, uh, his 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 influence in all of this. And they came together in faith and trusted. In fact, Hebrew says his par their parents did this in faith. So they were together in this. She wasn't sneaking around behind Amram's back. Uh, uh, but but, but they, they, they came to this plan, this idea, and it, 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 honestly, it just seems foolish to think that the, the daughter might look upon him and not tell her dad. Of course not. But can I tell you this? Trusting God is never foolish. Acting in faith is never foolish. There will be times in our lives as, 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 as men of God, as women of God, as, as children of God, that we are to step out in faith, to act in faith in a time that, that it, just, it, it doesn't make sense, it doesn't seem likely, and God is going to bless. I, I look at that church. That, do you remember the church down in, in Massachusetts that, uh, uh, that were, uh, was, uh, it was Pastor Chris Casey and uh, uh, Adam... Uh, Adams Square Baptist Church, I think it was, and the, the government, the the state governor, uh, tried to shut shut them down last year. In fact, all the churches, and they stood up for what they believed was right. They 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 wore masks, they did all those other things, but they refused to shut their doors, and they 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 they, they proclaimed that God called them to to worship more than than uh, and God's God's commands were greater than man's commands, and they never shut the doors. He believed that was of God, and in the end. They were, he, was, he was ticketed week after week after week, and then they were sued by the governor, and, and the church won the lawsuit, by the way. They didn't have to pay any of the, of the fines. You know what's going on right now? God has blessed that church. 
that church uh, had an exponential uh, period of growth uh, uh, or that doubled and tripled in size in, in a matter of months and over the year God laid upon his heart. He's now starting a second church in Rhode Island. On the, on the very first day that they were open, they had 47 people in that service. So that's a, that's a, people look at that, so that's just crazy. The governor mentioned you from the speech and told you to shut your doors. Listen, I'm not trying to get into politics here. What I'm trying to say is he did what God told him to do, and he stood for what he believed God wanted him to do, and God has blessed them. Acting in faith does not mean that we're acting foolishly. It just means we're trusting and the God of everything. God is the creator of everything, and he, he is in control. They acted in faith. Next, let's go ahead and read and see what happened to Moses. The daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river, and her maids walking along by the river's side. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept. And she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrew children. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew woman, that she may nurse the child for thee? It says his sister, Moses' sister, is the one who's there. It's, it, it's Miriam. And she says, Should I call a nurse? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And they went and called the child's mother. Think about the blessing and the reward of, of her faith. Here, here Jochebed has made this a step of faith. She's placed her child there, uh, uh, praying that God would protect. And, and here comes Pharaoh's daughter, and she sees the basket, sends the, 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 the servant to get it. The servant gives it to her. She opens it up, and there's this, this, this little baby, this little Hebrew baby crying his, his eyes out, and, and she has compassion on him. She doesn't say, oh, it's one of them. Or she was raised in. She was raised in uh, uh, the, the, the Pharaoh's house. Uh, uh, she she detested and she uh, the, the, the slaves just as much as everybody else did. But something in her heart, the move of God in her heart, caused her to see that child. I said, "No, I'm going to take him home, and he'll be mine." Miriam, kind of from the bush, from the bushes, says. You want to go call a nurse? Because, well, he's going to get hungry. And, you know, I, there were many motherless or many childless mothers at that point in time. I'm sure I can find one that will nurse him. Not realizing that it was a sister, she says, sure, go ahead, go. What a reward for Jochebed. Mary comes along and says, Mama, guess what? They, they found him and they didn't kill him. Mama, guess what? They want you to nurse him. They want you to take care of him. Don't worry. What a blessing. Not only did she get to, to take care of her own child, she got paid to do it. She was able to spend time with them. And, and listen, when we say nursing, we're, we're not just talking about uh, the feeding of the baby. Uh, back in those days, it, it went much for a much greater period of time. than uh, Sometimes people will say, well, I, I, and listen, I'm not a mom, so I'm not claiming and talking about how difficult this is or easy it is. Don't get, nobody throw bottles at me or anything like that. But because but, uh, this can be a sensitive subject for, for women who can or can't nurse or uh, listen, uh, but understand, back in those days, women, uh, babies wouldn't just nurse until six months. Uh, they wouldn't just nurse until a year. Sometimes it was four and five years old before they were completely weaned. So for a long period of time, uh, the, she had uh, contact, she had, uh, she had authority, she, had, uh, she was able to not just nurse her child, but she was able to teach her and train her child. See, that's, that's the next part of this. As we see her faith, because of her faith, she was able to pass on a godly heritage to this child. For, for the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 22, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now that doesn't mean that, 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 that if you teach a child right, he'll never do anything wrong. And what that means is that, 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 that those truths will always be in him, and that voice will always be in his ear. And listen, in my, personally in my own life, I walked away from God for a while, but because I was trained up as a child in the way I should go, God brought me back. Amen.
I'm so thankful for that. They took the heart in Deuteronomy chapter 6 for for a period of time where uh, when you sit down and when you stand up and as you're walking down the road and everything that you do, you're to be teaching and teaching the truths of the Word of God. Listen, she had only a a few years with with this son, so, so she took every opportunity to teach him that you're my son and you're a Hebrew. You're not, a, you're not an Egyptian. Listen, the Egyptians got him for years. Uh, Acts tells us that he, he grew up to be a, a man of power and a man of war. History tells us that he became a general in the army of Pharaoh. He was, he was a man of, of great success, of great wisdom, as far as the Egyptians were concerned. But something in him brought him back. The Bible says that in Hebrews chapter 11 that he refused to become or be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. He knew in his heart of hearts that that's not who he was. Even though he he was enveloped into it, even though it was taught to him, even though uh, it was instructed to him for years and years, in those formative years, he learned of God. And listen, they didn't have the Bible back then to have him memorize those things. They didn't have... They, uh, you know who wrote the first five books of the Bible? Moses. <laughs> they, didn't have, they didn't have those things to teach him. Uh, it, 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 his mother didn't have that. You know what she had? The stories of... Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And man, she, she rehearsed those things and the truths of God and his, and his faithfulness and his promise for their people. And that one day God was going to bring them out and God was going to give them deliverance. And listen, she maybe even said, maybe God's going to use you, Moses. Because somewhere along in, 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 in the way, it came into his heart, the Bible says, that he would be the one used to deliver the people of Israel. That's why he killed that man. It was a heritage that was passed on because of her faith. And can I tell you, ladies, men, we need to pass on a godly heritage to our children. We need to pass on our faith to our children. Our children are fed and instructed by this world every single day. We are too, by the way, uh, but from the news and the, the TV programs and all those things that are going on. But, but folks, uh, the, between sco- the schooling uh, that's, that, that's out there, between the, uh, the, the mindset, listen, and things are changing and getting worse and worse and worse. It, 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 it boggles my mind the things that they're teaching kids out there today as, as truth that they, they were never even, wouldn't have been acceptable five years ago. They would have laughed at you if you said, but now you have to agree with this stuff or they push you out. We need to be very careful to teach our children the truth of the Word of God because the world's going to tell them it's a lie. We need to be able to, we need our kids. I'm so thankful for, I'm so, th- I'm, again, I don't want to say a, a kid's name. One of my kids came to me. He's going to be the death of me or, 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 or a blessing in my life. One of my kids came to me and says, how do I know that the Bible is true? My kids aren't very old. How do you, expl- how do you explain to them the prophecy and historical and the historical fulfillment of that and, and rationalize those things with a with with, with a nine or ten year old thank god he's got a hunger to know because the world's going to be out there and give him an answer and say but it's not no we evolved there's this big bang and we evolved over millions and millions of years he says is there any proof of the crucifixion There's eyewitness testimony in the Bible. Well, have they ever found the cross? Well, no, that cross was probably used over and over again. Well, not even, is it ever written? It's written down in the Bible. But So how do you prove those things? How do you rationalize that the disciples wouldn't have, have they wouldn't have died for the faith if they thought it was a lie? But they saw Right? John said, those things which we saw, those things which we heard, those things that we handled. John, John uh, the apostle, was there, and he reported those things, and he can tell us of those things. How do you rationalize that with a 9 or 10-year-old? 
I'm, by, I, I'm honest. I, uh, I'm, not a, I'm not up here on apologetics. I'm down here on apologetics. I, I want to be able to, to, I don't want to convince him in his head. I want to make sure he's convinced in his heart. That takes the Spirit of God and the work of God. So, so what do I do as a parent? Man, I pray and I instruct and I teach. And every, everywhere I go, Every time I sit down with them, every time we go for a walk, we talk about these things. Why? Because otherwise, they'll see something on this TV over here, this program over here, or hear about this over here, or we'll read this, this book over here. And he, as much as we try to, to filter and be careful, you can't protect these children from the things of this world forever. It's, it's there. And so we've got we've to build up in them, not just a, not, not just a, we can't just tell them, no, that's not true. We need to explain to them. They need a godly heritage. There's a reason why most, most teenagers, when they leave the church, never come back. She passed on a godly heritage. Lastly, I want you to see by your faith, by the faith of Jochebed, the truth that they found found back in Hebrews. The character trait that we see here in Jacobit is faith. Faith in God who had made promises. Faith in, faith in the midst of what would seem a fool's decision. Faith to pass on heritage. But here, notice what happened in Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to look at verses 24 through 27. It says, By faith Moses, when he was come of years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. Esteeming the reproach of Christ's greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Moses heard all those stories about Abraham and Jacob and Isaac. He heard the stories of the promises of God that through their seed that all the nations of the earth would be blessed. That through Abraham's seed, that, the, that they would number the, the, the they would be as greatly numbered as the stars in the sky or the sands in the sea. And, and he heard all of those things. He heard the he heard the accounts of the promises that God would bring them out of Egypt and the blessings that were going to come uh, farther down the road. He heard all of those things and he learned all those things as a young boy. And those things never, ever, ever left him. There came a point when his mother could no longer instruct him or wean him. And he had to go to school there in Egypt. And they taught him of their gods and they taught him of their beliefs. He saw the, he saw the, the Hebrews being beaten. The affliction that they were under, the, all the things that they were going through, the, the, those terrible times, uh, he saw that, and he saw the riches that, that in, in in Pharaoh's house. Uh, he sat at Pharaoh's table. Uh, uh, he ate with Pharaoh. Uh, he, uh, he was uh, he was con considered the grandson uh, of, of the king. He was he was raised up and taught and, and became eloquent and powerful. He saw all that they had to offer. And after seeing. All of those things. He said, I'd rather be a slave. I'd rather be a child of God. I am a Hebrew. Don't call me the son of Pharaoh's daughter. There must have been joy in her heart. As she saw her son, who she probably hadn't been able to speak to in years, choose God over the world. What a reward. 
greater reward was 40 years later when he comes back and brings Israel out of Egypt. I don't know that she was there to see that. But we see. Folks, we need to have faith in a God that is faithful. See, that's what she found. That is the truth, that God was faithful to keep his promises. And can I tell you that God will be faithful in our lives, no matter how difficult it gets. Uh, listen, we, we all have different afflictions. We all have different things that are going on, and there are times that we have to make decisions that are hard. And what do we choose? Do we choose the things that are godly or the things that are of God, or do we choose the other things? Uh, sometimes it may be hard to stand up and make this choice because it might cost us something. It may, it, but, but trust that God will be faithful and that God will provide. And listen, it may cost you your job. Trust that God will provide. It may cost you... It may cost you some friends. Trust that God will provide. But we need to have faith in God. Especially as we, as we talk about and deal with our children. Because the truth is we can teach them all we want. And we can do all that we can in and of ourselves. And there's no guarantee. Without God, there's no guarantee of anything. So what do we do? Have faith. Have faith. And God help us to have the faith of Jonathan. Father God, I thank you, Lord. God, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I pray, God, you would help us to, as we look at this, uh, at this, this woman, this, this, this family, Jacobed and Amran, Lord, just uh, I'm so thankful for uh, the testimony we see of their faith. Lord, your word tells us without faith it's impossible to please you. Unless we believe that you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek, it, seek you. Father God, I pray that you'd help us to be reminded of that and help our faith to grow. Lord, may our faith work in us, Lord, and carry us through the, these difficult times and circumstances in our lives. Lord, I, I trust you. Lord, I, I know that there is nothing that you cannot do. Lord, there's nothing that you cannot bring us through. We ask this in Jesus' name.